0: Ready, set, hunt. And we are part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. It's Travis Curra. It is Sheldon Jones. Full disclosure uh, I am live from the beautiful Hampton Inn and Suites, uh, the east side of the Queen City, Regina. And I have the most reliable internet that you can imagine. Tried to record with Brazilian Thai last night, did not go well. So, Sheldon Jones has been our pinch hitter for much of twenty twenty two and you're back for the Grey Cup episode. Thanks for doing this, man. You got it well, and hey, you are a big part well, the part of the Elphinstone Dairy Queen. Can we mention that on two and out? There's a free advertisement for you is, is that is there that the post game party of the Grey Cup <laughs>
1: uh it yeah. I'll be working, so hopefully not for too long, but
0: uh, I was gonna say, how would how would your staff like it if you know nine thousand bomber fans showed up and demanded signature stack burgers instantly after the game?
1: <laughs> that would be something. That would be something. <laughs> One time after a game, Calvin McCarty came and ordered like fifty double cheeseburgers. That was for, the, interesting. for the entire Edmonton team? Yeah, like, he came in with somebody else, I don't know who. Like, this was, like, years, years, years ago. Well, like, well, Taylor Field is still a thing. And, yeah, he came over, we had a burger sale on, and so he was just sitting there while we were making all these burgers
0: for him. I think they won, too, so I was kind of pissed off at the time, too. <laughs> As you can tell, my voice is in tip-top shape. Normally, this is what I sound like after the Great Cup uh, but the fact that it's happening before the Great Cup is not uh, <laughs> is not ideal, but we will get through this. This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Connect First Credit Union. Welcome to Super Typical Megabank. How can we disappoint you today?
1: Hi, I'd like to open an account. May I pressure you into considering a pro-disadvantage, high-regret, impersonal, everyday-inconvenient savings plan with added compounded confusion at no additional discount or apology? It's one of our top disappointers. I feel so... Disappointed? Yeah. Another unsatisfied customer. Next! If your bank makes you feel like this, it's time you talk to us. Connect First Credit Union. Bank on a brighter future.
0: All right, Sheldon. Normally, news is quiet, Grey Cup Week. But one thing that I learned this week, that Grey Cup Week doesn't officially start until the participating teams show up. So... I didn't know that either. (laughs) Monday, it was Bo Levi Mitchell is now a Hamilton Tiger Cat. Well, they own his rights For now, um, and he's a he's a Tiger Cat until yeah, yeah, until February, which is in the middle of the CFL off season. If you if you know your calendar, <laughs> so here's how it goes: uh, the Tiger Cats send a third rounder in next year's CFL draft and a fifth rounder in 2024 with future considerations thrown in there as well. i got to assume that those future considerations come into play if Bo Mitchell signs a contract with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. But he was on a Calgary-based podcast called Barn Burner earlier this week, and he basically still said he still fully intends to test free agency or see what's out there for him. Do you think he's going to be in black and gold next year?
1: Well no, he bought a house in Regina. Come on. <laughs> uh I I don't know. Uh I think his statement was pretty telling uh when he said like I'm I'm looking to see who the coaches are and who the players are like I think uh, this may be Ryder fan bias but honestly that sounded to me like Jeremy O'Day if you want me you better show me.
0: That's that's kind of the way I see it. I think Bo's going to pick his spot uh, as best as he can here. And uh, the Ticats, at least they have exclusive bargaining rights up until February to try to impress Bo and get him to come to Hamilton. But you got to think the pressure is on for the regime in Hamilton as well after back-to-back Grey Cup berths. And then this year, just squeaking into the playoffs, hosting the Grey Cup again next year, I think pressure is on for Orlando Steinauer and company in the hammer.
1: Yeah, no, like it's, it's great that they did this. Uh, It it would look pretty bad if they, if they did trade for him and he didn't sign there. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully for Hamilton fans, he actually does sign those who want him. I've seen some who don't seem too thrilled about it, but uh, it's smart. Like I, I wanted O'Day to do it for the riders, but you know, if 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 I'm Huffnagel, I'm probably at, telling the Riders I want a first-round pick for, for his rights instead of getting that third and fifth from Hamilton, right? So uh, it kind of makes sense not to do it, but we'll see what happens.
0: Well, look at uh, Calgary history. Danny Austin tweeting that uh, Henry Burris was traded to Hamilton. Uh, Charleston mm-hmm. Hughes was traded to Hamilton. He was there for five minutes before uh, going back west, so uh, Hupfagel and Calgary in general, they don't want to help out their Western rivals at all. Now the no, CFL all the CFL All Stars were also announced this week, but Sheldon, <laughs> again, this whole All Star thing has been it's been absolutely bizarre. Like first, the wrong list was announced. They fix that. Well, here they unveil the list and the, the graphic front and center is Poppy White of the Hamilton Tiger Cats when Tim White of the Hamilton Tiger Cats is the all-star of note. It it's just seems like this whole all-star thing, we need to like take a breath, start from scratch and like deal with it in January or something. It seems like a cursed process. Since bringing in the fans.
1: Well, that, and I, and I was talking, like, I went to the the meetup last night at O'Hanlon's here in Regina and I was talking with uh, Steve from Piffles and he was saying how like the, when COVID hit the league, they like let go a lot of their staff. And since COVID has come back, they have not rehired the staff or any more staff. So like it kind of makes sense that this stuff is slipping through because maybe they just don't have enough people to actually do the work. Um, but it looks really, really, really bad. So hopefully in the off season, they can figure their stuff out and hire some more people and, and make sure that the, the they're communicating and proofreading and <laughs> double checking graphics. Like, come on, <laughs> like, yeah, it's it's a bad look, but. You, know, you want to know about another bad look? Mario Alford is probably going to win Special Teams Player of the Year, maybe, and he's not even an
0: All Star. <laughs> but I That's that. strange. Like, they, uh, I was looking at the stats for the returners today, and there were three guys that deserve recognition, but h- how do you do it? Yeah. I mean, Janarian Grant had a great, season like ask the ask the bc lions he, he returned uh three kicks against them alone yeah. this year so oh it it's 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 very very strange if you do want to see the list the real list it is on uh, cfl.ca i believe uh, everything is correct at this moment we are recording here about an hour and a half before the cfl awards uh, maybe we should do our predictions here. What do you think? Coach of the year, Ryan Dinwiddie or Mike O'Shea? Uh,
1: it better be O'Shea because Dinwiddie makes a lot of stupid decisions when he's coaching. Uh, I I think Dinwiddie is a good coach. I, I don't think he's a bad coach, but he's he makes some boneheaded stuff. And O'Shea is just like the beacon of consistency. Uh, so I'm going to assume it's going to be O'Shea.
0: Dinwiddie is uh, new to the game and I agree some of the challenges that we've seen and things like that are kind of silly. They have dealt with injuries in Toronto that I don't think get noted all that often. Shane Ray on the D line, Andrew Harris hurt most of the season, Eric Rogers, the receiver hurt most of the season. So, I mean, good for them getting to this point. Um, of the season first in the East in the gray cup, but I believe it's Mike O'Shea now special teams award. Is it going to be Mario Alfred or is it going to be Chandler worthy? Uh,
1: I think if it was Alfred against uh, grant, it's a closer call, but I, I think, I think Alfred takes it. That could be writer bias. I don't know, but I think, I just think he had a better year than worthy, but
0: we'll see he uh worthy's got more kick return yards he's got alfred has the better average they both have two kick return touchdowns alfred has the punt return touchdown which worthy doesn't have but I, hey they both had great seasons i'm going to alfred as well rookie of the year has to be dalton shown uh respect to tyson yeah. plot in montreal but it's shown most yep. outstanding offensive lineman. I think it's Stanley Bryant of uh, the Winnipeg yep. Blue Bombers. One of the one of the best to ever play the position. I, I don't know if he gets uh, all the recognition all the time to be a part of that dominant offensive line for the past half decade. Uh, they're doing something right. Yep. Most outstanding Canadians, interesting. It's probably going to be Rourke. I but, hope so. Man, uh, yeah respect that great, Yeah, he
1: had a great season.
0: He yeah, did. I, uh, it's just that the games played, but still Rourke set records in the games he did play.
1: Yeah, in the games that Rourke did play, he was a lot more outstanding than Gittens' season, I think, if that makes sense. Like, who knows if that would have happened if he stayed healthy the whole year. Maybe the teams would have figured him out. Who knows, but you He's still, he's still in the top three in some stats, and he only played, only started eight games, right? So, like, it. I think it's got to be Rourke. But Gittins had a great year, so.
0: Most outstanding defensive player, uh, Lorenzo Malden of the Ottawa Red Blacks, the leading sack getter of the season. But Sean Lemon of the Calgary Stampeders had himself quite the season as well. Two premier pass rushers, obviously in the CFL. I think it's Lemon, but I'm not sure if I'm going to fault voters going either way.
1: Yeah. Like I think Lemon, like if this, like Lemon deserves comeback player of the year for sure. I think like he compared, like he he's been elite this year. Uh, Malden had a great year. So yeah, this is a this is I think probably this one and Alfred and Worthy is probably the closest races I would say, um, but I think it will be Lemon too.
0: No, I love Geno Lewis; he's my guy. But uh, most outstanding player going to be Zach Kolaris. again. What a season yeah. he has had! But all eyes, and I know. Hey, he might be on the stage. I mean, is, is he going to be limping across the stage with that, that ankle injury? that That's what fans are going to be watching. The 109th Grey Cup at Mosaic Stadium on Sunday. The big news is Zach Kolaris. Wednesday didn't practice. Thursday was a closed practice. He didn't practice either, but the Bombers have said he will start On Sunday. Now, does Zach need practice reps at this point of the season? Probably not. But practice participation doesn't lie. And it's big. And if he can't do anything, he's probably going to be limited in what has made him so great over the past couple seasons for the Bombers. Will he be able to escape pressure, extend plays, and be the magical Zach Kolaris we've seen. Yeah, like
1: they're obviously going to shoot his ankle up, or and so he won't be feeling anything. But um, yeah, no, you're right. That's been his bread and butter this year. Uh, if I was him, I'd be limping all the way across that space. I'd be <laughs> milking it to to try to play head games with the Argos, and I, they're professionals, so they shouldn't fall for that. But they have to game plan. Like even though he's not, he hasn't been practicing these two these two practices he's obviously there he's obviously still running through the game plan he's obviously there for them to in install these plays even if it's him not playing or throwing the ball like he's getting those mental reps i still think right so um they just have to make a they have to make a, a an offensive game plan to try to make it so that he can get the ball out of there quick because bc's going i mean toronto's going to be blitzing him I'm sure if they were smart, they would be. Um, So we'll, we'll see what they do. But I I think Zach will be, he's a gamer. He's, he won't feel it till the next day. And then it will probably hurt, but if he's got another
0: ring, that's all worth it. Right. He should come out on the stage with a walking boot and crutches.
1: (laughs) (laughs) hundred percent. Throw (laughs) a neck brace on there for good measure. (laughs) (laughs)
0: I would absolutely love that. The Bombers at this current moment are five-and-a-half-point favorites. Uh, That's what the betting line is. The week opened at four-and-a-half. But if he doesn't practice at all and he doesn't see any reps, I kind of wonder where that's going to look like Saturday night, Uh, if people are going to think that Toronto's going to maybe have uh, a little bit better of a chance uh, on Sunday. And of course they have a chance. The last time these teams played was in July. Winnipeg won 23-22. And that was because Boris Beattie missed the extra point with 25 seconds to go. So we've seen it at this point this se- uh, of the season. The Bombers are beatable. But, and you know this, Sheldon, it's just playing a complete game. They... They never panic when they're down. So if you get an early lead on them, we saw this Labor Day. Even the Riders uh, got off to a quick start, and then the second half did nothing. So somehow, to stay consistent and move the ball all game long, just one quarter isn't enough to beat the Bombers because they're not going to beat themselves.
1: Like I, I keep saying it, and maybe I sound like an asshole for saying it, but the Bombers were the worst 15-win team I've seen. Like, <laughs> they, they, there's a handful of games they easily should have lost, but they were able to figure it out in the fourth quarter and and turn it around. And that that's why Mike O'Shea deserves Coach of the Year, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I know. Like Toronto, if they can get a couple turnovers, because I, I don't see the stats on this, but if there's stats for like turnovers in the first half versus turnovers in the second half for the Bombers, like it would be night and day. So if they can make them pay, if they, if the ball's, ball's going to be frozen, it looks like it's going to be actually a pretty decent day. I think like minus five at kickoff or something like minus that. Two. So, or minus two. Okay. So even then, All like right. we're, we're golden, but that ball still could get slippery and... Toronto just needs to capitalize any single mistake that Winnipeg makes. Toronto needs to score a touchdown. Like that's, that's how they win this game.
0: There were so many storylines going into this game, which I love the story. I mean, there's so much that the CFL can talk about uh, this great cup week. Ryan Dinwiddie coaching in his first great cup against the team he started the 2007 Grey Cup with, of course, uh, Dinwiddie got in because Kevin Glenn broke his arm in the Eastern Final, and the Riders ended up winning that game. But ja- Jagera Davis playing in his sixth straight Grey Cup, the uh, the CFL record is seven, set by Hank Alissic. So next year, whoever Jagera Davis is on, <laughs> I guess bet on them. <laughs> Appearing in the game. Uh, Brandon Banks is playing in his third straight Grey Cup. Can he get his first ring? Now, he was with Hamilton for the last Grey Cup played at Taylor Field. Now, with Toronto at the first Grey Cup played at Mosaic Stadium, Andrew Harris. He has three Grey Cup rings. He's playing his old team that I remember last offseason, it's like they didn't even call him. Sorry, thanks for your service. We're moving on. We're going with the young buck, Brady Oliveira at running back. But I think one of the fascinating things about this game is the amount of experience that both teams have playing in the Grey Cup. Now, the the Bombers go without saying, of course. (laughs) They're cores together for the past two games. But Toronto has been able to assemble a team that has significant great cup experience. They they know what they're going to get. Brandon Banks, Jageret Davis, Andrew Harris, Navaris Daniels has played in, I think three great cups with Calgary himself. So they know what they're going to see on Sunday. They know what the pressure is going to be like on Sunday. And yeah, they're going to be prepared. You look at that defense that Toronto has. And I think that's going to be, that's going to be the game changer here. They have talent. The D-line, the linebackers, and the DBs, while they've given up yards this year, they can turn the ball or they can force turnovers. And BC, they were so close on forcing a lot more turnovers from the Bombers last week. I feel like the Argo secondary is one that would not let those interceptions hit the turf. I think they would be able to complete those turnovers and – I think they are going to be the unit to watch going into Sunday's game.
1: Yeah, it's the, the game, the actual game storyline is definitely Winnipeg's offense versus Toronto's defense. And they say defense wins championships and, and Winnipeg has a great defense too. Don't get me wrong, but I don't think it's as great as it has been in the past couple of years.
0: Um, They haven't been able, I think they're near the bottom of the league in sacks, which is actually quite, quite interesting. And and Willie Jefferson is he's not your prototypical pass rusher. Like I talked to Derek Dennis about a month ago. And he says, I don't have any problems blocking Willie Jefferson. And he said he didn't want to sound cocky or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But some of the biggest thing is if he's not gonna get rushed, he'll drop back and he's got the wingspan of an albatross. How are you gonna get the ball by those arms? He's it's unlike, I think, anything we've seen in the CFL.
1: Oh, for sure. I think, I think when Willie lines up, when he's gonna rush the quarterback, if, he, if he'll know right away, am I getting by this yeah. guy? No, okay, hanging back, and my arms like ready to just <laughs> swat it away. It's. <laughs> I loved it when he was a rider. Uh, he's a bomber, but he's he's so impressive. But yeah, he, they're not getting those. They're they're getting lots of knockdowns and and tackles. But yeah, they're not getting those. Those glory stats, the the sacks and stuff like that. So
0: last week, I thought that the pressure was on uh, Winnipeg more than BC. Yeah, and maybe that's the same this week. But it, three in a row. Do, I don't know if they feel that pressure? Like just the way that they carry themselves, like. The dynasty, like one of the first we've seen, three in a row—the first time in almost forty, or yeah, forty years—that carries pressure with it. But I think the Argos are feeling pressure too because there's a lot of guys on that sideline. Andrew Harris saying could be his final game. Brandon Mm -hmm. Banks could be his final game, so that brings pressure with it as well. But one thing I'm interested to note, and I know. Bomber fans and Bomber media will tell you that Mike O'Shea has gone year to year with his contract and it's nothing to worry about. We're not going to talk about a great cup week. It's not going to be a distraction, but is this the year that Michael O'Shea says, eh, I've done all I can do in Winnipeg. I'm moving on. Well,
1: I, I think he has GM aspirations and I don't think, I don't think Wallace is going anywhere. So, um, like you you got to get to a point where maybe yeah it's, it's what more can I do here? Right. Um, I don't know if there's a, that, I don't know if that opportunity exists right now for him to get that GM role. Right. So I, I assume he's going to stay in there. Like, I don't think he's, I don't think he's leaving Winnipeg in a lateral move, like just to be a head coach and maybe like an assistant GM. Like, I don't think, I think if he's moving, it's like the Chris Jones, like I'm ready for my whole, to have the whole show and who's going to pay me the money to do that kind of thing. So, but yeah, it's interesting. He's very nonchalant about it. Like even in the, even in the the press conference yesterday, they, they were asking about it and he's just like, (laughs) who knows? My my favorite line from that I don't know if you were listening to it but my favorite line is when they asked uh, they were talking to Dinwiddie about coaching and he's like yeah I, I plan to coach well into my seventies blah 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 and then they ask O'Shea do you plan to be coaching in your seventies he's like I don't even plan to be alive in my seventies <laughs> 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 like I just like, wow that's that's like a, that's what I would say
0: <laughs> I love it I love yeah. it I, I'm a fan of uh, Mike O'Shea and I, I told this story on the show Labor Day. I was standing on the corner by the Elphinstone DQ looking to cross the street by the train tracks to get to the stadium, and Mike O'Shea's there. And uh, the police said the train derailed. Uh, whether it's true or not, there was that tragedy that happened in Saskatchewan that day. But the fact that Mike O'Shea <laughs> had to walk east to Albert yeah. Street <laughs> to get around the train... Yeah. Uh I, I don't know if he's out for a pregame blizzard or what he was doing. But uh <laughs> but, but the fact that he had to walk with us schmuck fans is uh I, I think that's that's the best thing about the CFL and he's uh he's a great coach and I, I can see why players definitely love love playing for him. Now I I do have the tail of the tape between these two teams, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, five and two outside of their division this year, while the Argos were four and four. Half of those wins coming against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Uh, I got them both uh, away records where the Argos were six and three and the Bombers seven and two, but Sheldon, you know, this, the amount of success they have had at Mosaic stadium since the stadium opened is I'm
1: just going to say this is a home game for them
0: <laughs> well they're quite comfortable at mosaic they won the first yeah. game ever played there winning it in overtime they've won playoff games here they've won labor day you remember labor day and taylor field you just chalk it up for the riders didn't matter if rocky butler was playing quarterback or joe blow out in the end zone taking snaps they were able to win that game But since the new stadium opened, it might as well be Winnipeg's house. And there's going to be a lot of fans coming down the number one highway to cheer them on.
1: Yeah, like I think Labor Day last year is the only game that we have won at home against Winnipeg, I think. And that was like the Brett Lowther walk-off into pill country. like Right, right. I, I really don't want them to win the Grey Cup here because then they'll like it's, it's never gonna leave. Like that's gonna be the 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 bombers version of nineteen ninety, right? Like that they can hold over rider fans' heads, and, and they're they're absolutely correct. So, like it's factual, and I they're gonna destroy the rider's locker room if they <laughs> <win> the <trade-off. laughs>
0: which is hilarious. Like hilarious. Yeah, they're but- gonna paint that thing blue. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. And you know Willie Jefferson. That is gonna be another feather in his cap when the bombers come to Regina, if they win this game next Labor Day, oh I I, I feel sick to my stomach. The the amount of chirps that uh, <laughs> he's gonna be delivering in oh. Hill Country. <laughs> oh, the fans <laughs> are
1: gonna be the fans are gonna be more relentless too if they win the Great Cup of Labor Day.
0: Oh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Although there are several Bomber fans I talked to, they're still kind of in shock after after thirty years of losing and then maybe three straight great cups. Yeah. And and there were a lot of people that thought, you know, 2021s isn't as legitimate as the other ones. Because it, it was a short season. They didn't have much change, blah, blah, blah. Well, doesn't matter. <laughs> They're here then. to prove that uh, they are the most cohesive group in the CFL, and uh, Toronto is in tough on Sunday. Going to the other side, McLeod Bethel Thompson's only in his third playoff start, and I don't know if you've been seeing the quotes from him. He he seems like he's taking aim at the league leadership, like. He's saying, we got a great game here, and the problems start at the top. There's always a negative feeling surrounding the Canadian Football League. We need to save this thing. I, I don't know if he's using this as inspiration or, or really what he's really upset about. It seems like he's upset. He's being constructive about it. And McLeod mm-hmm. Bethel-Thompson has become a great leader, and I think that win in the East Final really kind of got that off his back and he he played a good game against Montreal and he's proven to himself that he can lead the Argos to victories but those quotes he's caught against I I can't remember ever seeing a CFL player talk like that
1: yeah no it's good to see that he's emotionally invested in the league that's what we need our our guys to do so I'm glad to see it and Maybe it's like a part of being in Toronto and the lack of uh, marketing and stuff that's put into the the team there. Maybe uh, I don't know, but yeah, it, I was my eyes widened a little bit when I was reading those quotes too.
0: Yeah, and they they had a great crowd at the East Final over twenty thousand people in Toronto, and when you have over twenty in the stands at BMO. It sounds great. And those Argos fans, they're boisterous. But it seems like the number one marketing tool in the six is word of mouth. Like, I got an Argo fan, uh, Argo Diva, Lori, a legendary CFL fan. She brought, like, 32 people to the East (laughs) final. Like, uh, MLSC needs to step up and do stuff like that and get more people in the stands in Toronto because it is a – it's a great environment. It's an affordable environment and more people really just need to enjoy it. That, that's, that's the bottom line. But McLeod Bethel Thompson has led the Argos second most passing yards in the CFL this year, but last in rushing Andrew Harris, <laughs> he's going to be running like a madman on Sunday. Now in the East final, They didn't really need to use him all that much. He had a big touchdown. Yeah, he did. Mm -hmm. But AJ Olette was able to, he's the guy that uh, has carried the rock for most of the season for Toronto. But a pair of them, Harris and Olette, they need to get the running game established. And they can't afford to get behind and be forced to abandon the run. It's going to be, I think, a big key. To Toronto, staying in this game to be able to have second and short situations by running the ball effectively.
1: Yeah, and like Paris and Olet, like they're, they they got to use them like a two headed monster, and you keep Harris fresh that way because you can give Olette a couple series and then give Harris a series, throw them together. Like, yeah, they got to be innovative, and they they definitely have to pound that ball because, like, M- M- McLeod has gotten better; he's gotten. He's, clean, he's cleaned up the interceptions a lot yeah. compared to the last few years. But, yeah, if he's throwing 50-plus this game, it's not going to work out for the Rags. Like, I mean, the, the Argos, uh, they need to have a balanced attack and they need to be able to like ha- have play action work for them and have that threat. But he, <laughs> Harris is going to be so fired up, and I hate his stupid little thing that he does after every single run. And he's going to be he doing a the whole four yards. Yeah. Oh, a seven-yard <laughs> run. Brr, 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 like, a, I just can't, can't freaking stand him. But, uh, <laughs> the
0: The Bombers first in time of possession while the Argos are last. So, that just shows you, hey, how big the running game can be, the 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 bombers first against the pass, second against the or third against the rush. Uh the the argos eighth against the pass, sixth against the rush. Uh and then the bombers that, they're they're second in points for, first in points allowed. Like they're 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 up there in almost every single category, man.
1: Yeah, and when I was looking at this stuff like the 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 passing yards against and the rushing yards against for the Argos, I was actually quite surprised uh like yes, seeing all this because we've we've been thinking that their defense have been pretty pretty solid, but uh yeah, it's like I said, it's it's if it's the Winnipeg offense against the Toronto defense, the tail of the tape shows that the Winnipeg offense should run away with it. But
0: that's that's why they play the games. The uh, the Argos do lead the league in interceptions, and the turnover ratio is plus seven. And I think that goes to show McLeod Bethel-Thompson has gotten into interception problems this season. There was a, a stretch of six games in a row where he did have at least one interception, so that brings that ratio down. But the Bombers, they're plus 14 second in turnover ratio, and it's the second down percentage where the Bombers are first in the cfl 56.2 percent the argos are fourth at just over 47 percent I, I i do wonder if zach's ankle is a limiting factor of him being able to run around <laughs> 30 yards and hit dalton Shone for a second and 18 completion which we've seen so many times this season yeah if that ankle is a, like we said, the Argos defense against the Bomber offense. The ankle is a part of that equation, and it's a big part of that equation on Sunday, seeing if Zach can be the magician on second and long or just second down period. Yeah. No, I, I agree. And uh I don't
1: know, like, how – like, Wes Cates in, in – the um, In two thousand and seven, his he broke his foot. I think in like it was the Western Semi. I think I don't think it was the final because I think he played on the final and the Grey Cup on that broken foot. Just shot, tore it all up to hell. And so he was still making cuts when he was running, right? So uh, I I just don't know. Like you see, you saw how it affected. It did affect Rourke for sure. His his ankle still affected him. So yeah, it's. It's gonna be interesting. I, I, I think I think Claro's is pretty gritty. I think he's Yeah, he's tough. He's a tough guy. So uh I, I don't know if he's gonna let it limit him, but it it's definitely gonna be the most important thing to watch for sure.
0: This episode of Two and Out brought to you by Alberta Blue Cross. Life as a business owner can be hectic, to say the least. And Alberta Blue Cross understands that. They offer flexible health, dental, life, and disability coverage for your employees. And even better, you can let your staff enroll and manage their coverage at any time and on any device. That makes life easier for them and for you. You've got this when it comes to group coverage for your small business. And Alberta Blue Cross has got your back to learn more and explore your options at the AB All right, Sheldon Jones. Thanks for doing this. Lock it in. 109th gray cup. Well, I know you're cheering for the Argos, but who are you picking to win the game? Uh, I'm picking the bombers. Like I, I,
1: I think the bombers will win, but uh, we'll see. I, I've kind of softened this week. Actually. Like I, I don't really care who wins. I just want I want an exciting game. I just don't want to blow out. I like yeah. we wanna we we wanna see a good game in the stands. Like I don't want halftime to come and the bombers are up by 20 points and like I don't want 2013. That was great as a rider fan, but that's not a great great cup game to watch if you are an, a neutral person, right? So I just hope for a good game, no injuries, exciting and but
0: probably going to to was Ottawa and uh, Calgary. I had no skin in the game. Henry Burris's final game as a uh, CFL player and they win the gray cup in overtime. If we get that on Sunday, it would be, it would be amazing. But I am I'm locking it in for the blue bombers here. There are reasons why I think it would be cool for either team to win. Having a dynasty is pretty special. And uh, we don't get that in pro sports really at all anymore. They they just kind of say, oh, they've been yeah. in, you know, whoever, even LeBron James wasn't able to really win consecutive titles to this magnitude. Mm-hmm. He's been to finals, but lost a lot of those as well uh, to complete mm-hmm. the victories that the, the Bombers have an opportunity to do. It's pretty special but there are players on the Toronto side I'm rooting for as well to have that big old shiny ring on their on their finger after after Sunday night's game but good luck to both teams good luck to both fan bases and if you're traveling to Regina uh and I, I know sometimes uh, people listen to the show while they're traveling in or traveling out and I know uh, after the Grey Cup hopefully getting on your flight and having a safe trip back home. There'll be a new episode of two and out that day as well. So we'll see you around Regina. Thanks a lot for listening to the show. Sheldon. Thanks for doing this. Yeah. I I'm picking Winnipeg. Uh, it'll, it'll hurt seeing the, (laughs) seeing blue. Well, there's going to be blue confetti. We know that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But will there be yellow in it?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Sunday at Mosaic Stadium. Enjoy the Grey Cup wherever you're watching it from. I will try to have a better voice by Sunday night, but I can't promise anything. (laughs) You can rate, review, and subscribe to and out on your favorite podcatcher. What were you going to say, buddy? I said, we're
1: going to get you hydrated. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. You're going to get hydrated. Okay.
0: All right. <laughs> you can leave a like and a comment on youtube as well and hey ring that little bell and you'll get notified every time two and out has a new episode we will talk to you soon enjoy great cup thanks for listening find more great shows like this at CF Pod network on twitter